Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. What's up, y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm super excited and pumped for y'all to get to know my main man, Mr. Chris Dennard. So Chris is a serial entrepreneur. He's launched and scaled several businesses, including his latest one, Dugout Mugs, which we talk about throughout the episode. But that's not really why Chris is here. Yes, Chris has a plethora to share on business, life, and and really philosophies that have allowed him to create abundance. But more so, the reason I wanted Chris here is because Chris went through an experience that took him out of his shell, that broke everything that he's ever known, that forced him into a rock-bottom place of needed change. 2015, after his first daughter was just a few months old, he was working himself into the ground, running eight different businesses, constantly living on the lie that he was doing it for the family, even though that money really wasn't the thing that was driving him. He was just going way too off course. 2015, he had a sharp pain in his abdominal, which sent him to the hospital, and that caused him to get an emergency surgery that was given a 30% chance of surviving. Well, obviously, Chris survived, and he's here today. But after that surgery, he changed his life. He reassessed everything. He learned to say no. He turned his priorities upside down, and he started building his life by design. And now his life is unrecognizable. And I love stories of people of real people. Chris is a real entrepreneur, a person who was working way too hard, who was going way off course. Life threw him a massive curveball. He missed, swung and missed, and then he figured out how to get himself back on his feet. And I think those are the stories that give me the most energy, the stories that give me the most inspiration to, and just uh, the most, the biggest reminder that we all have the power to change our lives when we choose, we want to change it. We don't have to wait for a rock bottom moment like Chris did, but I hope that this story gives you a moment to reflect about where you are bullshitting yourself, about where you are saying that, oh, I'm doing this for this, or yes, I'm trying to do this, but I don't have time for this. All of the the, the words and the beliefs that you tell yourself. I hope this episode serves as a beautiful reflection so that you can look at your own life and self-correct so that you can create a lifestyle by design without having to wait for a rock bottom moment. So enjoy it. All of Chris's links are included in the show notes. He's a wonderful human being. Love the guy. And I hope you guys, and I actually know you guys are going to love this one too. So anyways, uh, enjoy it. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever your your listening app is. Uh, if you enjoy everything you learn on the podcast, go to the Stay Grounded community, rajana.com forward slash stay grounded to get more beautiful content sent your way on a weekly basis and just guys second episode of the year i'm enjoying it i hope you guys are slowing down as fast as you're speeding up and i hope you guys uh really take a lot out of this episode and i hope it serves as a beautiful reason for you to know your why and leverage that why to create the life you want so without further ado here's my main man mr chris Stark. enjoy 
Yo, 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 welcome everybody to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are having a swimming January so far. I'm so excited to have you here, Chris. What's up, brother? Oh man, just uh, you know, living the dream, brother. Living, living the, dream. the dream. New kid, new year, new just fire, man. Yeah. yeah. You ready to see if we can make 20 pop. Yeah. <laughs> in, in every in every uh, you know, in every piece of the word, man. I love it, man. I love it. We first met in August of 2019, I think. You're the first person I met at that event that we were at together. Board of advisors. Board of advisors. Yeah, we I was on a rooftop and there's something about you, man. There's something that was just that was just fun, loving, and inviting. And so I'm just excited we get to go deep today. Thanks, dude. Yeah. So I already introduced you and gave you a gave the listeners a bit of context around sort of who you are, what you've done. But I would love to kind of start with so you're a serial entrepreneur. You've got yourself in a lot of different projects. What about entrepreneurship do you love? I'm a creator. You know, I I love to create. I believe if we don't really pull those elements of ourselves out, like we just die with them. Right. And, and so for me, I was really excited about always trying to try something new, do something different. Another part of it, because a lot of my entrepreneurial experiences haven't necessarily been self-started, but a collaboration. So sometimes I, and I've really fed off of the idea where if I can pull something special out of somebody else, it really does something for me too. So uh, a lot of the projects where somebody had a great idea or had a vision, but they didn't have the guts, they didn't have the the, the path, you know. And uh, you know, I've always kind of been a strategist, marketing, you know, some of the owner operator stuff I'm not as interested in. So the collaboration worked really well. So for being an entrepreneur, I mean, it, for, that's kind of more what it was about is really creating and also leveling other people up, because I've always believed that you know, no matter. I mean, shit goes wrong, man. Like it's what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I have my experiences and no matter how far you, or fast you fall, if you've helped enough people, you're always going to kind of come out on top. So, you know, I could go back to a lot of these different folks that I've worked with and, you know, they're lifelong friends because of it. You did things the right way, but you also kind of helped them change like the, you know, the trajectory of their whole world. Yeah. Right? And, and that's always kind of uh, been a fulfillment thing for me. I love the idea of helping other people bring out their own potential. A lot of them are terrified, man. They're terrified to do it, whether it's like the way they're raised or I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons for it. I was, that was partially me too. Um, there's a guy, Dave, uh, who helped me. One of my first mentors helped, you know, pull shit out of me. I didn't even know it was there. And I was like, oh, that was cool. And now, you know, there's a whole other level of you know, limitations. Well, it's almost like when you taste what's possible, that yeah. sparks it, right? Like yeah. sometimes you don't even need someone to hold your hand throughout the entire thing. You just need somebody to kickstart the engine. And feel the rev. Let it be known that it's even possible, right? And then that's, I think, a big piece. You, you expand somebody's mind and they'll do what they, you know, they do what they're going to do with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, brother. Uh, well, let's talk through sort of like, you know, one thing I find, again, I find this fascinating about you. When you say guts and courage, what does that mean? Just kind of like acting in spite, you know, of, of what others tell you you can do. My upbringing was a little bit different. Uh, well, not actually, probably more common than different. Honestly, it, you didn't have a lot. You know, you had to, you could have new shoes this month or in five months. You know, like we didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of stuff, and and you kind of get sucked into that mentality that that is what it is. And I believe that you know reality is negotiable, man. Like, and and once my, you know, so the guts to do that, that first step was a bitch. Cause stepping out of that was, you know, that was tough. But once you're like, oh, that that's it? Oh, man, now, now it's exciting. So showing other people and like taking blinders off 
you know, it sounds cliche, but like ripping other people's blinders off. Like for me, that was super important. So guts, it's more about just that first step. And courage is about that first step. It's your whole family telling you, hey, you know, you need to be a doctor or you need to learn how to code. And it's like, no, man, I want to make teddy bears, like whatever you want to do, like do your thing. I think being a support staff, even if it's a one-man support staff of somebody who wants to, but it's kind of scared to disappoint on the other side, you know, helping them understand that it's about you doing them, not just worried about what other people think. I love the quote, reality is negotiable. What does that mean for you? The whole world's pliable. Like, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Oh, I can't do this. or I can't be that. You know, why? You know, figure it out. I think the question um, why is one of the, like the most powerful questions on planet earth. If you start to get the courage to even ask why, why can't I have that? You know, why is this done this way? Why is this stopping me from doing this? And if you can even have the guts to go forward and ask yourself and answer those questions, honestly, that alone, man, just breaks open a whole world of possibility, a whole lens that you get to just see. So you're a new dad right now, man. Yeah, my second daughter uh, six weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. One thing uh, that always inspires me about great entrepreneurs who also have great family lives is the balance and the harmony that you have between both. How does being a father make you a better entrepreneur? Well, it's a, it's a daily struggle. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I'm not perfect at it by any stretch of the imagination. But I think one of the things that I, could, I can certainly say is that it, it makes your focus more important. I've had mentors throughout the years, and one of them was like, you know, your no's more important than your yeses. And basically, you know, learn to say no to, to like everything that doesn't serve your your superpower kind of deal. So whether it's picking up my daughter every day from school or reading her a book every night or daddy daughter dances and I, I've not missed a, a play or uh, anything for my, cause I have a five-year-old and I have a, you know, two month old. Uh, so the more, more or less the five-year-old, you know, I, I think the more I say no, the less of my time gets taken and it allows me to not miss things that, I otherwise would have missed because I was too busy being too busy. And that goes back to, you know, 15 when I had some pretty, you know, important shifts and things that happened and you kind of learn those the hard way sometimes. But I think being an entrepreneur, it's made me a better entrepreneur because it allow, you know, I spend fewer times on bigger deals with better people. I do what I do best every day, right? And some days I don't have anything to do and that's okay. I don't just get busy just for the sake of getting busy. How did you fight through that one? not doing things for the sake of being busy. I think a lot of people get stuck in the trap of needing to feel yeah. valuable. And so they, they, they equate value with time. Like, how did you break out of the cycle of not needing to well, constantly? Breaking, how am I breaking out of the cycle? All right, fair I'm enough. Here yet, you know, fair enough, fair enough. I'm, I'm here to be honest, right? Like, so I'm constantly trying to break out of that cycle, but realizing what you're not good at is important. And, you know, the old saying, do what you do best, outsource the rest, like find what you suck at and find people who don't suck at it and put them in place. And what you realize is that, oh, wow, you know, this is much more productive without me involved. Yeah. We had a huge, we just had a, a you know, $2 million fourth quarter. And I think I spent maybe 15, 20 hours in our warehouse over the whole quarter. So it's about understanding, like uh, for, for me at least, it was understanding what I'm not good at and making sure I put people in place. And the other side of it, which I, I think I've experienced some of this as well, is that uh, don't be scared to have time. Sometimes I think people are scared, like, well, what do I do? Like, I have this time. What, how do I go be? And this is one of the, the biggest things I'm still fighting with is like, 
if I outsource all this and I don't have anything else to do, like, what am I going to do? Do I, do I go to the park? What does that look like? You know, you have to almost learn how to be pillar in the family again and present over there again. And that's tough. You know, that, that's, that's a little bit tough, but. What have you learned in trying to navigate that? The one thing I'm um, learning the most right now is when speaking to my five-year-old in particular, she's really an intelligent human, right? Whereas if I'm, my mind's somewhere, but I'm physically here and I'm not actually absorbing with the things that are going on, like I'm missing out on some things that'll never happen again. That's something I'm learning pretty quickly. So I'm, I'm fighting and fighting and fighting to try to put systems in place that I'm not a component of so that I can have more time just to be present. Yeah. Right. And, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a skill that you have to learn and it's something you have to practice. This isn't, Oh, I've got you figured out. I'm good now. No, I mean, you got to practice that. I'm trying to practice you know, every day being more and more present. And you know that, you remember that movie, Jim Carrey, that yes, man, he just said yes. to like everything, bro, it's weirdest thing, but like little movies like that and, and things like that stick in my head. And it's like, if you don't have a reason to say no, just say, yeah. So like, Hey dad, you want to go out and do something absolutely ridiculous? I'm like, I'm not really doing anything important right now. So what the hell? Like, why not? Let's go. Right. And I end up catching myself teaching her how to cast a fishing pole or throw a Frisbee, like just stuff. Right. That, that's been kind of cool. Those moments that I can look back on. I was a part of, you know, I think it's a beautiful balance. I think you have to have that spontaneity of saying yes. And you have to have the space yeah. in your life to say yes. Right. Cause beauty comes at the other side of that. Like we don't know what yeah. we don't know. Right? Like, how yeah. do you know you're going to enjoy going out there and just throwing a fishing pole out with your, you know, you just don't know. Because one thing I've, I've realized, at least about my life and kind of business and all that, like, like we've created lives that we don't want to escape from. Like, that's kind of what's happened, right? So, like, we love the work. We love the family. Like, we love all of it. And so it's hard because sometimes it all bleeds in together. Right? <laughs> like, and it's, and, it's, and it's hard. It's not easy, but... I think the blinders, and you, you said it really well, like when you remove yourself from doing things you're not good at doing, which is usually the stuff you don't enjoy anyways, you end up just doing the things you're great at, which then frees up the time for you to say yes to things you might learn you love, mm -hmm. right? And that to me is just a great, mo in general, I think anybody, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're working full-time, I mean, that's something you get to, you get to practice parenting too, you know, that's something, you know, you love your kids and, and sometimes you do stuff that they love, whether you like it or not, you love them. And then, you know, back there you go. So, I mean, I know a lot of parents out there could resonate with that. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. It's, it, you know, some of my most, I don't even fish today. Like I don't fish, but when I remember growing up, me and my dad used to go fish at the pond right outside of our house almost every weekend it was like a consistent thing and i have my most fondest memories growing up i still love fishing but i don't do it now so like the idea of like even having an opportunity to just say yes to something that i may have once loved and i put on a shelf because life got in the way and i got busy and life you know i just started taking up and being able to share those experiences with with my with my family and people that i love like I don't know. I, I think sometimes saying yes is a healthy way to start remembering what you always like doing. It's training. It, you know, for me saying yes is training myself to not always do what I'm, which sounds kind of, you know, counterintuitive to what I just said, but like, always, I'm good at work, right? Like I, I've scaled a number of companies. Like that's what I do. I'm a strategist. I rock that. Right. But it's like, I also need to 
knock out some dishes, go throw some, throw a ball in the yard, like teach my kid how to do this, go for a walk, hit the gym for God's sakes. You know, these kinds of things, it's like, dude, just stop that and say yes to whatever else is pulling at you over here that you know is, is relevant. It's been a struggle, but you know, I'm getting better. That's, the that's pull all feels say. good, man. The pull feels good though. Like it's sometimes yeah. saying yes and indulging that, that nature is yeah. great. I got to ask you, man, like you seem like you have your perspectives on, like you have your, you, you have your perspectives on where you're actually actively trying to have harmony in family, harmony in work, do things you love and not really waste time doing things you don't love. I know you mentioned 2015. Can you describe mm-hmm. sort of the shift that happened for you? Were you always this way or was there like a different Chris that, that was there in prior years that then kind of grew into this? It's a different version. I think I, it's, I even have, see, there's this crusty piece of paper that I have right here. That's like 13 or 14 years old. And it's uh, very in line with who I still am. So I don't think I've changed too terribly much. But my way of going about it, I think I got, I lost my path. But I've kept this thing by my computer and I have for, you know, eight companies now. But you know, so it was a different version, firstly. Now, in 2015, it was, uh, it, it was interesting. I was in, you know, I had, God, we did probably 10 million a year selling t-shirts. I was in the cannabis space. I had a restaurant, one of the hottest restaurants in Tampa, you know, pop, it was a real popular spot. Every deal that came to my plate, I was like, yeah, man, yeah, 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 rock, let's do it, let's do it. And I had a little girl on the way, and Juliana was born that February. Lots of deals. I think for the first probably, what, February to June, a couple days before Father's Day is when this shit went crazy. And uh, I remember I spent the first like six months, four, four or five months of her life, I was in Denver every once a month, flying out to Denver. I was doing like Skype chats and shit, and it was weird. It was like hitting me wrong, you know? And I was like, oh, but it's all for a reason. You know, I, I feel myself full of shit. Like, oh, it's for the reason. You know, I'm making the money for the family, for the family. Like, and it's a lie that a lot of people probably listen to this tell themselves too. So I re- encourage them to explore that a little bit. And then it was, uh, I had a business meeting, right? Well, actually I had double knee surgery. I've been putting off double knee surgery a long time. I had some, you know, defect in my knee, whatever. So I finally went and I got this double knee surgery. And I booked a meeting like four days after it. Right. But I had, um, you know, I was borrowing my buddy's Ferrari, you know, because that's all super important how you look. Right. So I was driving over to this business meeting and something, my stomach started feeling weird. And then I, I, I turned around, like, yeah, you know, I got to go. And it was in Tampa and I lived in Lakeland about an hour away. So I was coming back and like this sharp pain in my stomach, you know, later to find out it was an appendix. And I pulled over to the Starbucks. I'm like, ah, I'm probably just, you know, the, the pain meds from the knee surgery are probably getting to me. I'm going to drink a coffee. Well, when I drank a coffee, the appendix, digestive system, all that stuff, I hit the floor uh, at wow. Starbucks, face down on the floor. I like, couldn't move for a good half hour, crawling around in <laughs> a public bathroom at Starbucks. If you can imagine how disgusting that's got to be. And then finally, I drug myself back out to the car and I, I had a decision. The, the, one of the probably more important decisions it could have been is drive to the hospital, find out what the hell is going on, or get back home, you know, you know, take a couple of the pain pills from the knee surgery and, and see what happens. And I chose the latter because of, I didn't want to leave my buddy's car somewhere. Someone might mess with it. It's like just priorities are just so whack, dude. I got in the thing. It's like, Oh, I got to go to the Stanley cup. I had a Stanley cup meeting that next day in Tampa's when the lightning. Ran. 
So go figure, you, you know, I was like, Oh, I got to get home, get some rest. So I can go to the Stanley cup. My wife's like, you need to go to the hospital, check some shit out, see what's going on. I'm like, nah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm a tough guy. Right. And I had business meetings and I had shit to do. And I had this, well, fast forward a week. I'm not going to drag this on. So fast forward a week, like my skin was hurt and I started turning colors. Like something was wrong. So I drove myself to the hospital, you know, brand new baby at home and everything. And I got to the hospital. I'm like, Hey guys, something's going wrong. I need you to check me. I got some shit to do tomorrow. So like, let's wrap yeah. this up. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I think I probably just constipated something from the pain meds, blah, blah, blah. And, they, and the next thing you know, like 20 minutes later, three people walked in the room I'm like, what's going on? And they said, well, you know, looks like you ruptured your appendix a week ago. And instead of your body absorbing all of the, the toxins and you should have been dead days ago, but instead your body like walled it off, right? And it built this capsule around it, size of a football as they, they compared it to the size of a football in my core and thank God I'm a big dude or a, she would have probably got really bad really quick. But they said, yeah, you just you need to turn over. We're taking you back right now. Emergency surgery, no, no meds, no nothing. Like, you know, we're going through your back. We're taking this thing out. And, you know, if you have uh, you know, if you have anybody you need to call, you need to call them because you got about a 30% chance of not making it. And I was like, oh, changes, changes the way you look at things. You know, I, I, at that at that time is when, and, it, and obviously it's still super impactful for me. But when I was laying there, you know, the surgery is what it is. It went, it went through and you're laying there for a few days after the fact. And you're thinking about all the things that, that you're going to miss and having a brand new daughter at home. It was, it was powerful, dude. Like it'll change you. It'll change you. And I don't, I don't mind, you know, breaking up over it a little bit because, you know, it means it, it it's still there. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think on the third day, I was there till about the, for three days. And on that third day, it really, I came out the other side of that and I was calling people and I said, man, listen, I'm not, I'm not going out. You know, you thinking I like you, you know, this deal is bullshit. You're bullshit selling this, dumping that, killing relationships, killing deals. And I was like, all right, so I need, you know, some people are faithful, some aren't, I am. I said, I just need to take all this power that I have that I've been gifted and I need a path. So put people in my path, you know, that, that deserve my skill set, that deserve what I know how to do. And I'll work on bigger deals with better people, more impact. And, you know, I'm not going to make that mistake again. So everything I do now is very, I build a business that's experiential because I missed out on a lot of fun things. I do things that only take a certain amount of my time because I don't want to lose the time as well, because that is something that you almost lost. You know, I think that was a, that was a really powerful and I wouldn't change it for the world. Like the way it went down was so perfect. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I love sharing that story because it's, it's important to me. You know, I would have had never had a second daughter, but my wife might be remarried. Like my businesses would have been, I mean, I was nothing but, uh, you know, I was good at making money. And shit, I did like $20 million in sales. Like, that's crazy. Most people couldn't even wrap their head around that. But then, you know, when your health is gone, you got nothing. You got nothing. So staying grounded, if you will, like that brought me back on path pretty quick. And it allowed me to say no a lot more. And the projects I do work on, I work on them with, you know, my whole heart. And and I work with people that, you know, if on bad days with good people, shit's still okay. Sometimes on good days with bad people, you want to, you just want to curl up, you know, just because it's the wrong kind of collaboration. In hindsight, why did you think it was, why did you think you weren't good at saying no before? 
I was good enough. I was good enough to get it done. I mean, there's bro. I, I um, nationally recognized in the gym business. I was nationally recognized in the real estate space. I ran some of the biggest accounts for some of the biggest names. Uh, I ran the back end of their social media um, athletes. Uh, so really, you just so you just it was were- good. I was good enough to get anything done. So as an opportunist that grew up not having a lot, it was like mm, there it is. Yeah, you no, know, you know, it's like if I can do that too, and I can do that too, and it was just win after win after win, just feather after feather in my cap, and I was blinded for a second by the achievement. It wasn't the money. I had plenty of that. It was the achievement. It's like, ha, I couldn't do, you know, so it's like your strength is usually walks hand in hand with your weakness. And I was good enough to get just about anything done on a, on a high level. And maybe it was my work ethic. Maybe it was the, how hard I, how hard I drive. Maybe it was because I was a great closer, whatever it is, I was good enough. Right. And then it's like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. And then one year I lost like back to back to back deals, three things I had no business being in. And it's like, okay. And it all happened in right around 2015 as well. So th- th- there was about a 12 to 18 month window that just literally beat the shit out of me, dude. like hard with a bat on top of the head. You know, I was like, all right, came out of that a, a little bit more awake back to square one in a lot of ways with business and finances and things like that. But I did have a wife, had a daughter, I had a house and I had, a hell of a track record. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's see what we can do. And, uh, I ran into dugout mugs opportunity probably that year. That's doing well, man. It's amazing. The blessings that come when you align yourself back on path. I think a lot of people, me included at some points feel afraid of letting go of the thing that's made us so great and live for something better. Right. Like you could have never dreamed this life you have now, like no, I mean, dude, fifteen last fifteen years have been wild, bro. Yeah, and I think that's and that's that's another. It just comes to saying, yeah. At one point, I was like twenty. I was twenty three. I had fifty employees running major gyms. And Did you know what you were doing? Was know what I'm doing? Come on, man. <laughs> and I mean that, and, I, and because what I'm doing is I'm connecting with people. That's what it is. That's why whether it's the gym business, the social media business the real estate business, merchandising, apparel, cannabis, any of it. There's one commonality, dude, it's people. And I think that's what people lose, lose track of. I'm really good with people. I'm good with relationships. I'm genuine. I'm, you know, I, I, when you talk, I really care. I want to hear what you got to say and I want to see how I can help. And I, I, I help without, you know, it doesn't have to be in a reciprocation. Like I'm, if you help for the sake of helping, you know, people remember that. And sometimes, dude, some of the people that I helped a long time ago, well surpassed where I am now. And guess what? Who always answers the phone? The people that you help, right? So I always know what I'm doing in that respect. You, you, it's a people first. I'd love to learn. How do you approach relationships that makes it such a strength for you? Don't beat around the bush. That's one thing, man. Like, and not everybody's meant to be your friend or even your colleague or an acquaintance or anything. Be you unapologetically every single time. And they're going to either like you. And if they do, they're going to like the hell out of you. And if they don't, hey, man, high five. Good luck. See you. You know, it's all good. Um, That's, you know, the same me you met months ago versus the same me. It's going to be 10 years from now or ask friends of mine that, you know, have some very deep relationships and friendships from 15 years ago. If, If you're always you, you got nothing to hide. You got, you don't have to remember who you pretended to be, who around. 
It's what it is. Yeah. And I think that's the most important piece. And that's understanding yourself, you know, and, and you know, really understanding yourself and, and not always trying to be what somebody else wants you to be, you know, be you and people will like you or not. And at least, you know, how do you figure out who you are? You know, some quiet time sometimes what resonates with you. I love reading, lead, I love reading books, but I never finish them. I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with yeah, that. Yeah, me too, man. Um, I got a whole stack right here. I literally Trash. have like 15 books that I've like started because I was interested. And then I just moved on to something else and like, yeah. But see, listen, so my wife always gives me crap about that too. But for me, it was like, it's like a stack of friends over here. And I had a question, I'm running into something over here. And it's like, let me go ask my friends. I don't need their opinion on everything. You know, mm. I need that part. So the one thing, uh, traction, like decisive, all these types of things. Like, I'm really having a struggle with this. Let me just look around. Oh, here's something that I can go implement. Just little, little things like that. I, th- I think sometimes um, painful moments uh, help you realize who you are and what's important. And then, you know, what, what really makes you feel good, right? I think, I think we're really uniquely put together beings. And when you do something that is in line with who you are, you just, you, you know it, right? So, so doing a bunch of stuff you hate for money or for whatever other reasons people do a lot of things they don't enjoy, like they know. Yeah. Make sure being honest, you know, being honest with yourself. Like, do I like this or do I not like this? You know, not stewing on it or sitting on it or feeling, you know, you know, justifying it to yourself. I think that's a, that's a shitty way to go about it too. But I found out who I am just by like, just being more honest with myself and more honest with other people and doing what makes me feel good more often. I think all those things just get you clear on what you value, like what your values are. Like you had a giant come to come to earth sort of experience with your health oh, yeah. that made you, made you reassess your values. That's really what happened, right? Like yeah. you reassessed and then you created a new set of values that were truer to what was important to you. Right. And, and I think values are one of those things that you can carry with you. They're like your cologne. You carry that shit with you everywhere you go. doesn't matter yeah. if it's in business, if it's in family, your values are your, your resume. I think that's your character. Yeah. But that stuff, you still got to practice it. Yeah. You know, it was brought to my attention. I mean, just for example, just telling that story a few minutes ago, I'm going to have a better experience when I go get my daughter from school in a little bit. Right. But it's, it's, um, it's like taking a shower, man. Right. Uh, you, uh, practicing these things, remembering these things and what's important. You know, maybe when I hang up here, I'm going to flip through my calendar and find five things that I really don't want to freaking do. And I'm just going <laughs> to, I don't know. But I think it's, it's practice and it's, um, it's repetition and, you know, make the most important things, the most important things, you know, as, as often as you can, and you're going to screw up and you, that's totally okay. You got to just get back on, right. Don't beat yourself up over it, but practice and repetition. Once you've identified some of the things, mine are time. I really enjoy time and I really enjoy lifestyle, um, like lifestyle business. I built our company currently with, you know, around an experiential thing. Right. Because that was important to me. It wasn't really important to anybody else until now. And now they love it. But just practice and repetition, man, for sure. You know, when you get like a, a speeding ticket and you're driving that all of a sudden, like you're driving real cautious and slow because you just got a mm-hmm. ticket. And then like three days later, you're back to driving however the hell you were driving before. I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of these reminders are kind of like that. Like mm-hmm. right now we had this conversation. You were reminded about this story 
and what your family means to you. And now when you go spend time with your daughter, you're going to be more present and you're going to mm-hmm. have that energy with you. How can we stop relying on things outside of our control to remind us of the things that are important? I don't think you can or you want to. I mean, I, I don't care where the reminder comes from, whether it's, you know, <laughs> I see a, some of my buddies are great dads, man. Like I see them, I'm like, good for you, man. I'm going to do that. Like, I don't need it to be self, can't think of the word, but you know what I mean? I don't need to, to come up with it on my own. Like it's, this is the, the the proverbial village raising the child. I don't think we're ever done learning or growing, bro. So to me, I don't really want to rely on that. Now, the, the reminders I have on my wall right next to me, what, what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. I grow, I build. That's what I do. Good things come to those who hustle. Like, I mean, literally have signs in front of me letting me know that on my phone. I, the most important things on my phone are always my family, my girls. You know what I mean? always. So I think taking the steps of putting the things in front of our face so it becomes more second nature, I think is important. If that answers your question. It does. No, no, no. That's beautiful. I I love the the proverbial reminders. I like that because that forces you to pay attention. Banner blindness, right? I mean, we're in internet marketing. (laughs) Like, you know, you literally have to put an ad out upside down just so people like, what, what was that? Just to catch their attention sometimes. And, and in a world that lacks significant emotional experiences, you have to find something that hits you in the heart or, or that, that, that reminds you of something that was impactful, you know, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, dude, I felt that one. Like it hits you in the heart. What does that yeah. feel like? Again, like a lot of times it's weird, like all these different things I've learned and talked to and mentors and people and friends, you know, does your why make you cry? you know, kind of thing is whenever you're doing your marketing push, do you do that? And, you know, so, you know, I try to remind myself of that kind of stuff, but, you know, it's just stuck with me. Things that people have said along the way, you know, like I said, when you're asking, how do you know yourself? And and it's like, do you feel it? When you stop feeling, you might as well just check out. Do you feel it? You feel it, you know, you're doing something bad. Like, you know, what's up. (laughs) There's a million examples of when you're doing something wrong, you know, so stop doing that. It sounds simplistic, but it's, it seems to be harder than, than no, it's, it's certainly it's, harder it's, than it sounds. It's simple. It's not easy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's real simple, but it's not easy to, it's not easy to be honest with yourself. Sometimes if you prescribe to the belief that you, that reality is negotiable and you can create whatever you want in your life, then you have to take responsibility for the fact that whatever life you have right now is something you created, right? There's a level of ownership that comes with that, that, that honesty, and I think that's why people don't want to be honest. Well, there, you know, the truth of it is there, if somebody else told your story, would you be impressed? Is that a book you would read? <laughs> if not, like, I don't know, man, like you got to do something a little different. If someone knew you inside and out from day one and they told your story, people are going to be like, oh, so what? Like, give me my French fries. Like, what, what are you talking? <laughs> or is that like, wow, that's a what an amazing story, right? Like that's all, that's all this is about is just a story. Create a story that's worth yeah. reading. Yeah, the dash, the dash on the tombstone, you know, you've seen that, I'm sure. And it doesn't, Today, you know what I realized? Yeah. Like a story is nothing, a story is nothing but the way someone else remembers you. If somebody read your story and that person cared a lot about you, they would tell your story in a way that people would want to read. And it's, yeah. so then it really is like the impact you make on the people around you. Like, yeah. how do you want to be remembered by the ones you love? There's words out there. And I think the ego in general makes us want to have a story that the world is going to see. 
there's a part of that that creates a lot of achievement, but really I think it just comes down to how do the people around you remember you? Yeah, that's that's something I struggle with a little bit to call it <laughs> you know, a pre-apocalypse 15, but it, you didn't mind the movie Troy where uh, at the, you remember Troy with like Brad Pitt at the very beginning of that movie that uh, at Troy, the, the little kid, he tells his Brad Pitt, he's like, yo, I'm, you know, that's the biggest man I've ever seen. I wouldn't want to fight him. And then Brad Pitt looks at this little kid. He's like, well, that's why nobody's going to remember your name. Yeah. And then yeah. he goes off and kills that dude. I'm like, so, so like the you know, little moments like that, again, because you're present, you're paying attention. You can remember things like this. I remember I'm like, yo, that's, that's it. No one's going to remember that guy's name because he didn't have the guts to go to any something that didn't think. Now, you know, part of my warrior phase, you know, that was something I really resonated with. But I, but I think where where I'm trying to get more to is on that. Yeah, because I'm still in my mid thirties. So where I'm trying to get to now is is like you said, make sure that the the most important people remember. Don't be so focused on impressing the people that, in the big scheme of things, they don't matter. Right. And then let the people who are already closest because you, they're already supposed to love you and like you, they just assume they will. You know, and that's something that I'm kind of in the midst of right now. And it's a really important reminder, even in, in business, right? Like the most important people that matter are your team and your customers. Really like those two, those two elements right there. Like, I mean, if you do things so you could look a certain way around somebody who you went to high school with and you just wanted to see and look and feel and yeah. have, right? Like ultimately, like it's getting clear. It's going back to those blinders and having the yeses and the nos and the values and the perspectives in place. Like yeah. what's truly important? And it's different, you know, so listen, it, in my mind, it's different to everybody. So knowing your metrics, like the UK, they measure in meters. We measure in yards, it's feet, it's kilometers, it's miles, it's, it's centimeters, right? You get it. I mean, we, we speak different languages. We do, you know, you don't understand what I'm saying. Like everybody is so different. And where I've, where I had a, um, a, an epiphany in, during 15 and a little before and a little after, it was all just a giant transition for me, which is awesome. Was like, I'm measuring my success by what other people view as a win. And that was that was bunk. I mean, it was just so crazy. Really understanding what I see as a win. Can I make enough money to go on a vacation every three months, make sure all my bills are paid, work 10 hours a week from my home, go in if I want to have an experiential lifestyle and get to do shit that people don't even, couldn't even buy if they wanted to, because I have an in and have a network that I have more than enough to do every single day. If I choose to with a friend, with a true friend, like Dude, that's an ultimate win for me, but that's not an ultimate win for somebody else. Yeah. And that's okay. Right? And, and being okay with that being different is, is super important. We have friends and colleagues that are, dude, they're making eight, nine figures annually, like in their pocket. Good for them. I mean, I don't know what their measurement is of success. I don't care. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think, I think caring less, which <laughs> sounds so crappy, but I think just caring less about the shit that doesn't really impact you is important. I think it goes back to those values. What do you value? And then you getting very honest with yourself about that, because when you get honest about what you value, you start to act in accordance with those values. And you start to, you start to filter shit out through those values. Like it's just getting clear. Well, and, and once you know where it is, the no's become easier because the way I look at it is like, I know, 
easy example everybody can relate to. I want to lose 50 pounds, maybe not 50. I do because I'm big, but, uh, but like, I want to lose X pounds. Well, if that is truly the goal, then every time you pick up something that is not good for you, it's like, yep, that doesn't go in the, in the direction of my goal. I'm out. Or I want to create $20,000 a month in passive income. Well, if you spend every dollar you have versus taking half of it, investing in something that's a, you know, a cash on cash return over here, it's some kind of uh, investment retirement account, something, right? It, it makes the nose a lot easier. If you're, if you're very clear and definitive on where you're going, then everything you do, you don't have to say, do I want to or do I not want to? No, what I want is that. And does this equal that? Or is that even in the direction of that? Because a lot of times people just go in the wrong damn direction. They wonder why they never get there. It's like, yo, you went in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think too many people focus on the how before they focus on the what. (laughs) They commit to the how. Because they can see somebody else's how. Yep. And it's easier to follow their how. Uh, The same reason the sheep, you know, they call them sheeple. And the sheeple jump on social media and whether it's politics or religion or whatever. They just chase after anything because it's easy. The, the hardest part is really figuring out the what and the who, you know, the who you are and what you want. And then the, the how, find somebody else with the same uh, goals. Who, yeah, find somebody with the same who, who values the same things as you do and are going after the same what. And then the how will just present itself. And then you find those books or the podcasts or anything else. So somebody's kind of maybe figured it out. And you know, you don't have to do what they did. Just listen to what they have to say and make your own decision about it. But you know, there, there, there's there aren't too many things that haven't been done and explored and past that have been gone down or financial paths or companies or businesses or strategies. Like the problem is when you use a strategy A to do thing D, it ain't gonna work. Yep. Right. So the the, the who and the the what and the why. And then you figure the how's already already predetermined, you know, and most people have that shit straight backwards, man. Yeah, that's uh, but it's, it, it, it's they what's start with the, They start with the how. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's, it's totally ass backwards. They start yeah. with the how, and then if they do the how right, they're going to turn into the who, and they're going to get the what, but they still never know why. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> Oh, bro. It's the big it's cosmic cool. joke, man. It's the big cosmic <laughs> joke. It's unfortunate, but you know, it's just, I've been getting more and more aware of just how I've had to unlearn so much stuff on my journey yeah. and really kind of get back to the real questions, right? Because clarity, commitment, when you commit to something, it's almost like, I don't know if you felt this, but when you, when you commit to something, it like, I feel like the universe or God or whatever you believe in, right? Like, just clears the path for you as long as you are absolutely committed. Like if you're committed, it's almost like, like, it's just like, Oh, I've been waiting for you to commit. Now you're like, your blinders are on. You can see the opportunities. You, the right people show up. Like the how presents itself when you get so like, just focused on the what. Well, and that's because it's always been there. Right. Mm -hmm. Is the truth of it. I think it's always been there. It's just you've been distracted, you know. It goes back to what I was saying: the, the house already predetermined. It's 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 there already. But when you get clear, then it's then it presents itself. Mic drop, bro. Mic drop. That's yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, dude, you're a legend. Not not well. Thanks. Legend in making. Legend in making. Legend, of, maybe, maybe, maybe in only like if it's, only if it's one of my metrics. Yeah, <laughs> I 
I love it, man. No, this is just such an important reminder to listen, dude, don't do shit. You hate it sucks. You're here for a fraction of a moment of a freckle of a speck. Okay. And you may think you're doing this. No, I'll plan for this. I'm going to do this for 10 years. And then this for that years. Let me tell you something. You don't know that. I promise you that, but you know, I went through something that was life changing, almost life ending. And so important. And, and like, it wasn't even lifestyle related, you know, it was an appendix, right. But I was too busy being too busy that I didn't even like go in. So I didn't die at a meeting. Like what's in the world, you know, the, uh, um, don't think you got tomorrow. That's as cliche as you're going to get, but tomorrow's never promised, but man, it is not. Mm. And, and if you're totally okay, you know, I'm getting closer every day. If and when my time comes, it will suck because I feel like I'm living my best life or at least on my way to it. Then it's going to suck. But I also can say with certainty that I'm a lot happier now. And then when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did it right. You know, I can go now. You know, back then I couldn't. And that's why those, those two or three days after the fact were so ugly is because I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't prepared. I didn't live the way I thought I should. I wasn't involved with the people I thought I should be. I wasn't present for my daughter at the time. A lot of that stuff. Dude, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You're good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, man. No, good guy. And I just really, I'm grateful that we got to go down the rabbit hole today and, and get some of that yeah. old age wisdom out. What's well, you know, four and a half, four and a half years old, and to to still, if I'm lucky, you know what? There might be a lot of people, you know, listen to this or watching this or however you distribute it. I mean, you know, they may not have anything that's important enough to them that would make them, you know, stop and cry four and a half years later. I'm lucky I do. You know, it means I didn't forget. I didn't take it for granted, and I won't. You know. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. And I hope that people do because you stop feeling me, you start dying and that's up to you, but I'm not going out like that. No, no, none of it. And guys, I hope this, uh, everyone listening, I hope this, this conversation was just a reminder to never be afraid to feel. Don't, don't be afraid to feel and don't be afraid to do things that are going to make you feel because like Chris said, if you ain't feeling, you're dying. Um, yeah, that's for sure. All right. And I make mugs too. Yeah, and, and he <laughs> makes mugs. All right. Well, I want you to, t- I do want you to talk a little bit about the mugs because I think they're like it's, legendary. Well, it was, it was the thing. It was the thing that, that landed in my path, you know, as I laid there and I was like, hey, man, listen, send me person, a thing, an opportunity that is in line with my metrics, you know, and uh, of who I want to be, what I want to do. And, and, and help me achieve the things that are important to me, which is time, freedom, experience, things like that. And, you know, dude, a few months after all that went down, I got a phone call, this kid, he's like, Hey, you know, I got your number, blah, blah, blah. My name is Randall. And I want to show you this idea I had. So Randall's an ex baseball player. He cuts baseball or he was in the dugout and, and college. He had, he was an ex pro player, went back to college to coach cut the the barrel one of his colleagues cut the barrel off of a baseball bat and left it in the dugout and he looked at it, he's like oh, i wonder if i could hollow it out and make a mug if you know randall it's not that uncommon of a thought to have something that strange go through his head and he did he can he kind of conceptualized the idea did you know a, a handful of sales uh, all on his own one man you know one man circus kind of deal trying to just figure it out just like a lot of ideas start i had just come out of that 
on my plate was a, a boot company, this other thing, this other thing. I mean, it's just a plethora of bullshit. In my mind, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> my, my no game was strong. And, uh, and Randall came, dude, actually, it's this exact mug right here, this old school thing right here. I saved it, right? Because that's the first thing he gave me at our first meeting. He gave me this mug. He's like, I just want you to take it around with you. You know, you're a marketer, you're an internet marketer, you know, see what you think. So I did that. And then we circled back around, you know, a few weeks later and we structured a deal because negotiation deal structure, that's kind of my jam. We did a deal. We started January one, uh, three, yes, just over three years ago. And it was, you know, uh, to start from scratch, he was working at a paint store. I was looking at a boot company. Like it was stupid, but he's like, I, I got fa- I have faith in this. And I said, well, I have faith in you. And he's like, well, obviously I have faith in you. Cause this is some, this is his baby. So it was really kind of particular on who he brings that to. And, uh, we came to terms and he's a genuine, I was genuine. So the two people that first spoke were the same people who are still in business together. Right. Which is super important about being real. Cause you never know what it could turn into. Yeah. So the, you know, I think he had done 70,000 in sales in the life of the company before meeting me. And I called a few people that I knew in the licensing space. I, I changed kind of the infrastructure. We added an employee, one employee kind of thing. And our first year we did 1.1 million. Wow. And we got licensed with major league baseball. And again, you know, every step like it's just, just blowing through a, a, a not a, he's not Randall's not closed minded. He just didn't know, right. He didn't know what was outside of that next level, but I had been there and I'd been there a few times. So I was like, all right, so we're going to go to here. And then this, and the checks that we were writing originally a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks. Now we're writing six figure checks, right. Which is just crazy to, to, you know, open your mind up as fast. And that normally doesn't happen in a, in a two year window, you know, but uh, year two, we did 2.2. We just wrapped up 19 at 3.5. And I think we can continue this 50 to 70, even over 100% growth year over year. Awesome, man. Company, yep. We're distributed in 100 stadiums, all Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, stuff like that. So, yeah, there you go. Got mine right here. I got mine right yeah, here. Man. It's gorgeous. Yep. No, I, for anybody who loves baseball or if yep. you have people in your life that love baseball, I mean, this is like the best gift you could possibly give. Now, I wanted you to talk about it a little bit. One, because the story is amazing, but two, just because the product is great too. Well, and, and I can tell you the story, the, the, the story is it, it is part of my story, yeah. right? So now, I mean, I don't know if you can see behind me, like 10 Hall of Famers, I mean, legends too. Marion Rivera, King Griffey Jr., Chipper Jones, Ozzy Smith, Pudge Rodriguez. Um, I just got back about a month and a half ago from the David Ortiz. I went down to Key Biscayne, um, Ritz Carlton, hung out with Big Poppy and celebrities and movie stars. And it's just bananas. One right? hell of so a life. The, it's, it's, it's the story that... Yeah, it's I'm drinking story. out of a bat, looking at, looking at Miami Beach or looking at the beach in Miami, smoking a cigar next to David Ortiz, talking about business, right? So I get to have the experiences that other people couldn't even really get into. We get to generate a living. I can assure you I'm not sawing bats in half and drilling them out, right? So now I've created a system, which I'm not a component, which frees me up time. For Christmas, I put together a big play set in the yard. You know, again, you know, I'm fr- I'm, and I'm getting better. I'm not there yet by any stretch, but I'm getting better and I'm creating something that doesn't require me to be involved as much. Mm-hmm. So I have my time. I get involved in the bigger, better, more fun experiences. You know, we got an invitation for the Super Bowl. 
end of January, go down to the Super Bowl at a hyper exclusive Derek Jeter's yacht, you know, private yacht party kind of thing. You know, it's just the things that open up from who you know is really, really powerful. You know, any any stadium in the country I want to go to and watch a game from the, you know, from the VIP box all any day, it's is that. So I can take my life, my family, my friends, and collect moments and not things. Because that's what I want to do. I want to travel the world and I want to just collect moments. I want to see 15 more countries. I want to, on my wall, I keep, I'll show you, dude. Well, actually, I can't because I'm going to pull all these freaking wires out. But, <laughs> and so I worked with Duck Dynasty, right, on a project. Yeah. And that's, I'm, I'm, there's a picture on my wall. And again, the things on my wall aren't expensive things. They're cool things. You know what? Um, so I was Uncle Cy uh, from Duck Dynasty. We were, my wife and I got to go to his wedding vow renewal ceremony in his backyard. And we ended up in Us Magazine there. That over there, Drew Brees autograph piece I got when I met him on field because one of my buddies you know, played for the Bucks and I was on the field with those guys. That was the ball that Tim Tebow gave me where I helped him promote his prize. So I mean, like I, I, I repeat it to myself over and over because I really do want to live it and I want to have experiences. I want to do cool things. I want to see cool places. I want to know cool people and I want to also make money so that I don't have to worry about that and I can leave something special for my kids so that they start outside of the box. They don't have to have somebody say, Oh yeah, you know what? You need to, you know, grow up, save up your whole life, be too crippled to do shit and wish you would have, and then die. Like I want them to start off saying, no, I see all these pictures. My daddy did it and I can do it too. And I, and then have a, have some money that they can start with if they want to come up with something wild, you know? And, And so that's, that's what it is. Dude, yeah, I, got, I, you know, yeah, I, got, I got a final question for you just on that note. Yeah. In the midst of all this stuff, man, like everything you're doing, uh, the way you're growing, all the stuff you're experiencing, how do you stay grounded? <laughs> I don't have that problem anymore. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just in me, dude. I, I don't have that problem anymore. Now, I, yeah, it can get caught up going to like these awesome places and doing awesome things. And, you know, I think my wife might have a different answer than I do about, you know, how much I do or don't get caught up in it. I, I don't know, man. Ever since that, ever since 15, like I don't really have a hard time staying grounded. Obviously, it's still embedded in me pretty deeply. And I love that, right? Because it's, again, it's one of those outside reminders that I don't need Yeah. on a, on a regular basis. I think it's, uh, it goes back to just being, being real and being honest. I still go out and have lunch with some of my best friends just because, and they do all different kinds of things. Don't, don't just surround yourself with uh, people, places, and things that are uh, on a pedestal, right? Like, I don't know, to each his own. I, I, I don't really have a solid, solid answer for that, but it's more of a balanced thing. Like for me, it's, it's be me every single day. And I know part of me is still really cool with these three people that are corporate America, where it's, hey, you know, my daughter wants to learn how to, she helped me put a play set together or build a table. Like, you know what? I'll get on the ground and build that. Like I just stay grounded by staying more present. That is probably a blanket answer. Be more present. You stay more grounded. But more present in who you are. Yeah, just just present. Be present. And because not he's on that same, you know, rocket ship journey I'm on, or I believe I'm on sometimes. So when you're present with them, you don't have to worry about, you know, who's who's making more, who's doing more. You know, now those scenarios in those masterminds and those kinds are super important because that that is the time to break away and talk about these kinds of things 
and be around these kinds of people and inspire that, inspire that piece of yourself. But I think being present at other moments is important too. Dude, I can't tell you how many times there's a meeting or whatever. They're like, oh, I need to meet with you at this. Like, no, nah, I picked my daughter up from school at one and I'm going to be hanging out with her. So you have to wait till tomorrow. Mm. It's not a very tradition. For me, that's a normal answer. And people who know me know that's a normal answer, but that's not a normal answer for everybody. And yeah. maybe not just with my daughter. Because I mean, there's times I do adjust those things. Like I said, it's a, it's a journey, right? We're all just trying to get to that thing. But, but if that's where I want to be and I'm clear with where that's what I want to be, sooner or later, I'm going to get there. Yep. Right. So, so um, being having that clarity and then having just being stubborn about it, like you don't you don't lose till you quit, right? So if that's where I'm gonna end up, just constantly just keep that slow train up the hill kind of thing. I'll get there <laughs> eventually, as long as I don't run out of gas, you know. And that's and that's it is, you know. Be stubborn, be diligent, be you, dude. This is yeah. such a good conversation, and I, like I said, I'm very grateful that we got to just go down the rabbit hole and just bring yeah. and explore all these concepts. And I, I'm just, I'm excited for you, dude. I'm excited to hang out with you. I'm excited yeah. about all of it. Yeah, man. Likewise, dude, I, I appreciate the time being on here and you know, that story. I know it's going to touch somebody. It touched the hell out of me, you know, and, and somebody's listening and somebody, you know, hopefully can make some you know pivot and learn. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm learning every day, you know, learn from my mistakes. Yep. Uh, yep. For where you don't have an opportunity because not everybody has that opportunity to, to you know, bounce back from it. So you take my advice on, on any of that. Yeah. hundred percent. And guys, we'll make uh, Chris's social media stuff available and dug out of the links to all of the amazing things we talked about on the podcast and the show notes, but everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Chris. And from us, stay grounded. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.